Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Adam Ford, and I'm the artist for Basement, um, and uh, kind of oversee the art department, various activities, in addition to creating artwork for the two sets that we produce. That's fairly interesting, Adam. So, what got you into NFTs? We're all dying to know. Uh, Lars, uh, our, our CCO, got me into specifically. Uh, I've known Lars for about a decade. We met kind of in the uh, the indie comic circuit at some local comic conventions here in uh, Minnesota. And he and I just kind of, you know, uh, forged a friendship over our mutual love of the more uh, obscure and esoteric elements of illustration and comics. And um, when he's, he's been big in the blockchain world for a long time and Kind of slowly trying to drag me into it, kicking and screaming because, admittedly, I'm a little bit of a luddite uh, when it comes to that uh, that whole scene. And then he asked me to collaborate with him on a few NFTs um, prior to the forming of Facings, back when it was still just kind of US Detroit. Yeah. And uh, we just kept working together until eventually uh, I I was hired full on by Facings as the lead artist. Um, instead of just an independent contractor. So that's that's, that's how I got into them, for sure. Well, that's fairly interesting. I mean, being the lead artist, we got to have, like, a lot of responsibilities, I assume. Yeah, they're uh, they're making themselves known to me as, as we move forward. Um, you know, my history as an artist has always been on a very indie level. Um, I do a lot of private commissions and work for, you know, bands and musicians and, you know, different, like, small breweries and stuff like that so i've always had a much more direct one-on-one interaction with clients in the past so working now as a lead artist is it's a fairly you know new and interesting experience having to you know check in with the various members of the art team giving feedback making sure we're on schedule for deliverables for the assets and you know also discussing with lars and the rest of the the chief officers that you know each project is really staying in line with the level of quality that we're trying to establish as a company and uh, the overall aesthetic that is developed between Lars and the respective clients so it's 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 new and it's fun it's a little bit less drawing than I'm used to and a little bit more meetings and emails and stuff but that's all right I can deal with that So the, dealing with all of it, you would say, is just another day in the ballpark then, eh? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, coming from a, an independent background where you, you very much so have to fulfill all of the roles, um, from learning how to draft contracts to setting up realistic timelines for, for completion and handling feedback and, and all of those different things, they're, they're tools that you kind of slowly sharpen unknowingly over the course of your career. So stepping into this role hasn't been particularly overwhelming or strange. It's just kind of different to have all these things I've always done intrinsically before given official titles and words. Um, I really enjoy it. I like for the most part, I really enjoy working with other artists. It's fun to be able to be privy to the development of the pieces and to see 
uh, when you get a couple of different sets of eyes on a piece, um, how it can really strengthen the end result in ways that you know you, you might not think about initially when it's just you working on something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think you know for the most part the, the goal is to create the most uh, developed and, and evocative piece of art that you can. And so really trying to play to the strengths of everybody involved in any specific piece or project is is what I really have enjoyed most thus far, I think, about, about this position, um, is getting is getting to be involved in every step of the way, for sure. Now, I, people are wondering, just, just out of curiosity, did you have anything to help with the new release coming out, the NF Trippy release, or what, what was your role to play in that? So NF Trippy um, kind of... I, I, I haven't had any more than essentially a spectator's role with NF Trippy. NF Trippy was started and in production before I was brought on as lead artist when I was still working as a contractor. Uh, so while NFT was happening, I was kind of focused on uh, Skulls, which is another one of our releases. But in the last few weeks, I've gotten to get up to speed on NF Trippy and see the fantastic work that's been put together for it um, that I... It's, it's really a wonderful set, and the, the crafting and the game, the, the, the nature of, of the set yeah. in its educational format is a lot of fun. Um, and the artwork's just, it's very endearing, very playful, and that's really, really appealing to me, because uh, I tend to focus a lot more on, you know, hyper-detailed uh, representation, more illustrative work, and the, almost more of like a retro cartoon approach that they're using for the artwork uh, in NF Trippy, while still being, you know, uh, botanically accurate, I think is really clever, and I think it's going to have a, a pretty wide appeal in that regard. Interesting knowledge there. And uh, what about for the crypto, uh, crypto writer? Crypt- there we go. Crypto writer, yeah, crypto writer. I've been, uh, I've been a part of that development pretty much since uh, its inception with Lars. That was one of the projects I worked on with him way back when the initial Crypto Rider promo images, I did color on those for him. And then this current set, uh, the Penny Volume 1, the Immutable Journey set that we're putting out uh, this week, I've been a part of that conception from, from step one up, from the, the kind of uh, creative meetings where we were establishing what the content of each piece was going to be. Uh, I was the primary penciler on everything. Mm-hmm. So I got to set up the compositions, the and kind of build the world visually. And then obviously Lars came in and puts his touch on certain elements to make sure that there's a consistency that's in line with his aesthetic as uh, you know, the, the dude that kind of initially uh, forged painting into the world. And I worked very closely with uh, the team of, we had a, a big team of anchors working on this to make sure that we got everything ready for launch. Um, so Ellie Fong and Rebecca Myers and Lars and myself uh, all worked heavily on inking. And then uh, we had uh, an amazing artist, Savannah Lee, uh, come in. And she was the colorist for the entirety of the project. I think there's only one image that she wasn't the colorist on. And it gives the set such a, a smooth level of consistency. So being able to watch that process go has been really, really satisfying for me on a personal level or professionally too to see such a cohesive looking set of, of art that's uh, you know not to toot my own horn but I think 
fairly elevated in, in terms of its technical execution. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the world uh, that we're that we're in with Penny. Um, I had a lot of fun drawing in it, and you know, as stoked as I am to have the project pretty much you know wrapped and ready to go out the door. There's a part of me too that's kind of sad that I don't get to you know keep hanging out in that world artistically, um, and I think that's the mark of a project that you you can be really proud of is when you're excited for the world to see it but also kind of sad that you're not you don't have it on your drawing table anymore well i mean that means it's just going to be a better project that's going to be released right like we're just saying for sure yeah i uh this is also kind of a unique thing for me uh as as an illustrator and that i've i've worked with colors before Mm -hmm. but i've always been i've always inked my own pencils uh working on the indie comics level the more skill sets you can complete on your own hireable you are for any particular project and so as a as a way to expedite the creative process historically i always offered to make my own work so that i didn't have to produce fully polished pencils i could just rough out enough of the pencils to get an approval from the client and then go right into things myself so watching pieces that i spent a lot of time you know composing and penciling then go through the hands of various different inkers and then back through a sole colorist was uh, it was amazing. It was really really cool to see how it happened and see the care and, and um, intensity that people put into the work was was lovely. Uh, and and to see the collaborative process from start to finish like that has been a lot of fun too. The VFX team, uh, Eduardo and Schwartzbacher, they have done just amazing stuff uh, with the various uh, like rarities and, and, and animated versions of the NFTs that are included in the set. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, it's really been a, a the, I hate the cliche term, you know, labor of love, but it, it really has been a, a joyous experience to see this from start to finish as, as kind of a, a linchpin process. That's definitely something that any person who's working on the NFTs and stuff like that can definitely take passion for and understanding. Uh, now, the biggest question right now is you keep talking about how you're the artist, stuff like that. But what's your outside experience besides the artwork with NFTs? Um, you know, I, I've done a little bit of collecting. It took me, admittedly, about three weeks of reading articles and talking to different people in the community mm-hmm. to really come to terms with what an NFT was, you know, conceptually, and, and how that fits into the relationship between an artist and their art. And there were a lot of articles that I think were based on somewhat misleading sources that, you know, I watched a huge split uh, in the artistic community that I'm a part of on Twitter and Instagram when NFTs kind of really blew up this year um where some artists that i've known for decades and i never would have suspected uh have become heavily involved in the nft world and are doing very well with it are embracing it fully uh mm-hmm. douglas Pestwitz, who does arsenic lullaby is one of those guys i've known him since i was 13 and he's the type of guy that still uses you know drafting tools from 40 to 50 years ago in his artwork but he's fully embraced the nft world i've watched other artists who i've only ever known as digital artists steadfastly reject NFTs, I think largely due to misinformation about what their purpose is. But uh, 
like I said, I, I come from a very indie background, so I, I'm always interested in ways for artists to retain ownership, to uh, be able to be in control a little bit of how their work is uh, attributed and how it's credited and, and being able to see where it's going. And, you know, I like NFTs in that way a lot because it provides a way for an artist to kind of present an option. You know, uh, historically, when the internet really hit, visual artists kind of had two options. You could either not be online or you could have your stuff stolen. Those were your two options because right-clicking and saving is something people have always done prolifically. And yeah. they've done it so prolifically that they don't even think about it as a form of effect. Um, but if you're right-clicking and saving and using an image that you don't have explicit permission to use, even, even you know, publicly or privately, you're using the intellectual property or creative output of an artist without their permission. That's a form of effect. It's the same thing that happened with like file sharing with music. And as different and, and films and stuff, and as different solutions to that arose for music and film in the form of streaming sites like Spotify or you know your Netflix, where you would pay a subscription fee, mm -hmm. visual artists, we just kind of if we wanted to be seen online, if we wanted to be accessible by potential clients, they would. We have to put our work online, and unless you want to cover your artwork with a bunch of watermarks, it was just kind of an accepted reality that if you put your work out there, people would take it. And so with NFTs, you at least provide a way for people to compensate you. You can say, yeah, well, you know, obviously people can still just take my work, um, but there's now a proper channel to go through where you can compensate the artist for, you know, a copy of that work uh, that has a trackable history within the blockchain. Um, and I really, I really like that. That's one of the elements of, it, of the NFT culture that I'm a huge fan of is the legitimacy of, of digital art that it, it helps establish uh, in that marketplace. So I have a small collection myself that I've been involved in like, you know, uh, NFT marketplace um, or the NFT showroom through through Hive and stuff. And uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. I'm really stoked to see some of the ways that, you know, people are finding to present their own NFTs now. Um, I've seen a few uh, announcements about gallery shows that have, you know, large projection screens hung up on the walls with NFTs displayed on them. Um, and I think that's really cool. It's overall what I like about NFTs is that it is such a new and emerging, you know, medium in and of itself. It's not just visual art. It's not just animation. It's not just, you know, pictures. It's everything just presented in a way that's that's never really been accessible before. So. That's kind of a side rant about NFTs, but it's a big concept for people. You know, it's it's something that I've tried to explain to a lot of my my tattoo clients and a lot of the people that you know collect my illustrative work. When they ask what is an NFT, it's like, oh well, it's, it's digital art with a provenance. Is the easiest way to explain it, but it's astonishing to me that people still have a hard time conceptualizing the idea of like, well, if you're just buying the digital file, what do you really own? It's like, well, if you just download an album, what do you really own? You know what I mean? It's exactly. what, what you're getting is, is authorized consensual access to the creative ideologies that are represented in whatever piece you're being put forth. That makes sense. Yeah. 
that makes a lot of sense and it also helps artists too just to make sure they know that we accept that you bought our art you can now use it exactly and, you know i like the fact that you can you know in certain cases you can transfer usage rights with mm -hmm. the inclusion of the NST. I've seen people doing that where like, you know, just buy the NFT to collect. You pay enough for the NFT and if you want to make your own t-shirts with it, you want to use it for this, that, or the other thing, you're allowed to. And that gives a lot of control back to the artist that, uh, and it, it kind of simplifies the process a little bit. You know, a lot of artists may not be super familiar with the idea of usage rights or transfer immediate clauses in their, in their contracts. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it presents an opportunity for them to to uh, access those avenues for revenue in a way that they might not have before. I mean, very famously, uh, Kevin Smith just sold the distribution rights to one of his newest flicks as an really? NFT. Um, so whoever bought it, you know, got to make some decisions about how and when that was going to be released. And uh, that's that's a real interesting way to bring new capital and new people into the production and distribution of the art world that might not have otherwise had the chance to do so. So I think that that's, you know, new people, new ideas. Hopefully we don't just fall into the same old patterns that have been established in the respective art worlds because of that. That's understandable. Falling into that type of rug is really hard to get out of, especially now mm -hmm. that we have a escape for just all the different artists. But, yep, absolutely. So here's another question for you. I ask this, I'm going to be asking this question a lot to different people. There, there's a debate that NFT's name should be changed, right? Because the everyone who hears it says, ah, I don't want to hear that. It means this, mm -hmm. such, and such. But other people think it should the name should stay the same because eventually, like Indians and Native Americans, eventually people accept Native uh, Indians. Right. What What's your opinion on that? Um, I think that that's a good question. I think that there is a lot of immediate negative reaction to the term NFT uh, because of the way that the NFT is tied. The term NFT is tied to crypto mm -hmm. in a fashion that I think doesn't focus on what the actual product is um the idea that you know you're rep it, it almost makes the the creative output that the nft symbolizes and represents secondary to the purpose that the nft serves within the cryptocurrency community so i think that there's some <clears throat> there's some credence to that uh I also think that it's confusing um, because if you say like I just bought you know the new, like Snoop Dogg released a song as an NFT, so you don't say I bought the new Snoop Dogg NFT. You say I bought the new Snoop Dogg track. You know, oh, but I paid for it in crypto. You know what I mean? So I think there's that, and I think that NFT already has a polarizing connotation to the term because of the amount of I think somewhat inflammatory articles that have been published regarding like the energy consumption of crypto and how that's tied to NFTs, uh, specifically, um, you know, proof of, uh, proof of work cryptos. Um, so I get that, but I don't necessarily think that a rebranding 
at this point is something that's feasible because NF, the term NFT isn't something that started in a small regional area. It's something that was in existence before its association with creative output. So decide, somebody deciding, oh, well, we're not going to call these NFTs anymore. Like, that's fine. But that's not something that people, I think, get to actively decide as such. In the same way that, you know, like in England, all vacuums are Hoovers, but not all, you know, or all Hoovers are vacuums, but not all vacuums are Hoovers, yeah. you know? There's, uh, or even in, in America, where, you know, you go below a certain, you know, the Mason-Dixon line, and it doesn't matter what kind of soda you're ordering, it's a Coke. Yeah. Um, so I think that the, the community at large will decide if there's a point where the term NFT isn't acceptable anymore. And I think that all individuals and individual companies can do is try to be cognizant of the fact that, you know, if you are an NFT producing company and you decide to call it something other than an NFT, uh, there's a good chance that people might not know what you're selling. You know what I mean? It would be like deciding to call CDs, you know, uh, like silver records or something like that. It's not, that's what it is already. Um, so changing that at this point, I'm sure it's possible. I just don't see it being very likely. Um, I mean, I, but you know, I'm not, I'm certainly not an expert um, in that regard because I think what'll happen probably is like, there's already this huge chasm between collectible NFTs and fine art NFTs. Yeah. Um, which first off as as an artist drives me absolutely insane because it's like somebody just decides what's fine art and what is commercial art or low art and they the decision is made and as soon as somebody buys the fine art for the five hundred thousand dollars then it's considered fine art and then that artist is considered fine art but when you look at the technical and emotional maturity that's represented an execution that's represented in these pieces, there's really not that big of a difference. Um, so I think eventually people are going to, are going to start to create their own terminology um, organically to help differentiate between what types of NFTs they're getting as the market expands and becomes more compartmentalized. Yeah. Um, and that'll, that'll eventually, I think, help shape the language that people use to refer to, to different types of NFTs in that regard. Well, that definitely makes sense. So I got a question over here about mm -hmm. the NFTrippy, about, yeah. so, so they were reading into it, talking mm -hmm. about how it's able to evolve the more you collect it. So like yep. you collect five different tokens and you can upgrade it. Is mm -hmm. that going to be common for a lot of NFTs eventually, or like, is that going to be more of just something that NF Trippy completely pushes for? I think that it's something that NF, at the moment, NF Trippy is, is getting right in at the ground floor and, and kind of the cutting edge of, um, when the NFT, when the visual art NFT market really, um, started to pop, most of the sets you were seeing were just pieces of art, um, and occasionally you get some, you know, minor, minor type of animation type things. I think as the market is shifting, collectors are becoming more and more interested in the crafting and gamification options mm -hmm. of, of 
NFTs, which is something that uh, I think you're going to see in more and more sets. It's certainly something that you know here at Facing we're we're incorporating into most of our our future releases internally, especially um, because I think that you know collecting. It's a, if you just look back, even at, you know the '80s and '90s, collecting trading cards. There were just cards that were pieces of art and people loved them and they were fun to look at. But then, you know, something like Magic the Gathering hits where suddenly you have this beautiful artwork, but these, these the, the gamification of it, the ability to, you know, interact with other people with your collection uh, strengthens the sense of community and it provides an additional incentive for people to collect and utilize their nfts as opposed to just letting them sit in their in their gallery um and the things that are happening with nf trippy you know with the, the different compounds you can mix together and the ability to you know take the correct dosage of certain cards and that elevating you to a different level of collector and giving you opportunities for new exclusives and rarities and things like that mm -hmm. i think it's just a way to reward collectors and engage them in a, in a fashion that uh they'll find satisfying you know it's 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 very enjoyable to to collect you know that's the whole nature of the collectible nft market is people yeah. who want the different rarities want the complete runs and in a way that you couldn't really in a physical sense we can reward people for doing that we can, we can provide incentive and appreciation for people that that put in the effort to you know uh buy the, the deluxe packs and try to answer the complete runs and, you know, participate in the secondary market. And it's one of the really interesting things you can do with NFTs through the, the uh, mutable data and such within the, the cards themselves is you can have things that evolve with your collection, which is something that is kind of new. It's not really, you know, like I'm, I'm currently, my big collection this year is I'm trying to get a complete set of the clerks in action figures that were released by Kevin Smith of all his movies back in the early 2000s. Yeah. And that's a lot of fun. And it's not, it's tricky because these toys are 20 years old now. So finding them in good condition on card and then finding, you know, a set that I can open and display as well. It's a challenge and it's enjoyable. It gives you that sense of, you know, the hunt. But once I have that complete collection, that's it. Then it's done. You know, there's no new toys to pick up. There's there's only so many variants I can ever possibly chase down. It's not like when I get the complete set, you know, Kevin Smith himself is going to create a custom figure for me and send it to me. Or, And that's something that, you know, you can do with NFTs because of the technology involved. And I think that's, that's one of the things that's really, I think, going to start and already has started to separate NFTs from any other sort of, of collection is that your collection can interact back with you. Um, and that's that's pretty new and, and really exciting. So I'm, I'm stoked to see where that's going to lead creatively. I am too. It seems like a very interesting uh, atmosphere, and I'm glad that to see something finally taking advantage of it. I mean, NF Trippy seems very interesting, especially because of the aspect they are going down. Now, you got time for one more question? Yeah, okay, absolutely. So there, people are wondering, and we're talking about NF Trippy, like if that's going to happen. Is the same variant in a way going to be happening with uh, Crypto Writer or not really? Uh, I, don't, I mean, I don't want to give away the farm with Crypto Writer. Um, well, don't but, give away too much now. We want to keep it yeah, a secret. Um, there, there is 
there there are some things that are gonna be available uh, to collectors through Crypto Writer that um, are unique to Crypto Writer. They don't necessarily function in the exact same way as NF Trippy, um, but with Crypto Writer, it's a totally different style of set. Whereas NF Trippy is all about, I think, more education, and they utilize this character Mushy and and the things that happen with the different types of, of uh, psychedelic elements to to evolve the character. With with Crypto Rider, it's also educational. Its whole purpose is to make the idea of, of blockchains and cryptocurrency and NFTs more accessible to people who aren't steeped in the culture through the narrative of Finney coming to Earth and investigating as himself. So you you get to follow him along as he learns. But the, the structure of the set with its its narrative of one card leading to the next, the story that it tells, and the different options for rarities and uh, you know special chase cards and stuff like that are definitely there. And there are rewards involved for people who are able to get the complete set, um, not just of the base set, but who are able to get a complete collection of some of the different variants and rarities that are there as well so there's definitely an incentive for folks to to try and grab the whole set um because getting the whole set is the only way to get the whole set you know what i mean i understand what you mean completely well thank you adam for joining us today for our very first stream uh it was a pleasure to have you uh, we yeah, are thank running you so much. out of time now, so... Yep, sounds great. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, looking forward to seeing the next episode. I'm looking forward to it, too. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this week. Uh, I hope you did enjoy. Don't forget to follow, like, you know, the normal options. We do have a Facebook, Twitter, all spelled facings official correctly, not incorrectly like me. Uh, so make sure to check all that out. Be updated for the new updates for NF Trippy and Crypto Writer. With that being said, I hope you guys did enjoy the first official episode of the podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week around the same time. Till then. <laughs>